Welcome to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. Each week, Dr. Rob sits down with athletes, executives, and expert coaches to talk about mental toughness and their hinge moment. Here's your host, Dr. Rob. That's what my mindset is. Go beat the golf course, have fun, and glorify God in everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And it's worked pretty well. Um, now, there are still days where I don't go, pl- I don't play my best and I struggle with a couple things and it's a little frustrating, but I've taken that instead of getting upset on the course, I just think, okay, I have something to go work on. This podcast is brought to you by livemomentous.com. Leading the way in human performance is Live Momentous. For listening today, you get a discount at checkout. Enter the code DRB20. That's DRB, the number 20, for 20% off your order. Live momentous. Optimize, perform, recover. So our guest today on the Mental Toughness Podcast just finished her junior season at Clemson University. She was a member of the All-ACC team for golf. She won the Clemson Invitational, co-medalist for the Clemson Invitational. Uh, she finished runners runner up at the Women's Amateur Championship at uh, Prince's Golf Club there in England. Two-time winner of the Indiana Women's Amateur, one in which she won by 14 shots. Uh, excited about our conversation today. Uh, I've known her for a long time, especially her family. Our guest today is Annabelle Pancake. Annabelle, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. <laughs> So how let's start with uh Libster and T Wayne. How how are they doing? <laughs> they're great. Oh my gosh. Um they they're living it up with the grandparent life. Um empty nesters now, which is weird. Um, but they're great. Yeah. They've uh, my dad stayed busy at Cricket Stick and my mom's just enjoying the life of Bible study and keeping up with the grandkids and following mm-hmm. me and being a being a mom. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's let's start with that if we can, because I mean, your family's uh, the entire family's huge into golf. Um, you know, faith is a huge part of the family, and it's just something I definitely want to talk about, like your journey a little bit later on with the faith aspect. But just like with your family and golf, I mean, your mom won the state amateur, dad obviously plays the head professional crooked stick. I mean, just fantastic family. Like your brothers played. I know you picked it up when you were young, but when did it really click for you the game of golf? Yeah. So I started when I was two, um, basically when I could walk first tournament was when I was three years old. So I've had a club in my hand for forever, basically. Um, and honestly, if you knew me when I was younger, you knew I hated golf from like age, (laughs) probably eight to 13. I was like, Oh, I hate this. I'm doing it for my parents. Um, but I think once I got into high school, eighth grade, freshman year of high school, Um, my parents were like, you could really pursue this and you know, this, but this is your sport. Like you have to pursue it. We can't tell you what to do. Um, and you could play in college if you work hard enough. Um, so I think once I realized this could become a career path for me and I could play in college and be successful, that kind of motivated me to work harder, um, and made me kind of fall in love with it myself and said it, and it'd be my game, not my parents' game. Mm -hmm. Um, so that definitely motivated me to to practice more and help me fall in love with it again. Because <laughs> I mean, you even growing up, I mean, you you rode horses a lot. Oh yeah, I played a lot of sports. Um, I played soccer for like a year or two, gymnastics for a couple of years, um, rode horses for like six years, played basketball, 
all throughout my childhood until I got a bunch of concussions and I basically had to choose. That's when the doctor was like, all right, you can't be, you know, you can't play a bunch of sports and be at risk for more concussions all the time. So he kind of made me pick. And so I chose golf. And that's another reason why I kind of um, chose that career career path, you could say, um, at a young age, because I just was like, I kind of had no choice because <laughs> I'm so injury prone. Um, so yeah, definitely loved playing a lot of sports as a kid, though. Were the concussions from a horse horseback riding? They were kind of from a lot of different things. Um, one of them was, that was probably one of my most severe. severe. I got thrown off of a horse during a show, actually. Um, I've been thrown off horses, though, many times. <laughs> um, you kind of get used to it. Uh, but also basketball, I would collide. He- I was very aggressive in basketball. So I would like mm-hmm. collide heads with a girl for a jump ball. Or, um, I remember I got hit in the face with a basketball. Another one was a sledding accident I had with a friend. So it just kind of accumulated. With, I had a concussion with a sledding accident. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. They're like, it happens all the time. Like, and it gets to the point where you don't even have to hit your head. Like you just get jostled so hard that right. you get a bad concussion. So. Um, obviously you had, um, great summer. I mean, you had, uh, let's start with the uh, women's amateur championship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody in Indiana, obviously rooting for you. Um, you know, your Clemson family rooting for you, but talk about, and let's just delve kind of into that. Talk about that experience, like your mindset heading in, uh, how you were playing and, and what kind of unfolded. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly almost didn't play first off. Um, because, you know, with this internship and this busy summer schedule, there's a lot going on. And I knew that traveling that far would be a lot, um, and kind of take a toll on my body. But last minute I was like, you know what, I'll go. I got in, you know, it's a hard tournament to get into because they go purely off of Wagger ranking. Um, so, uh, but going over there, I just thought, you know what, this is an opportunity to experience a different environment, different golf course, different people different um level of playing field um getting to play with some of the best in the world so uh i just going into it i just wanted to have fun and enjoy it and i'll put pressure on myself i mean that's kind of how i go into every tournament though (laughs) um but that one especially because you know i have i went in also having no expectations because i've never been there never played golf on a link style course before so um uh, go, I mean, if you would have told me before the tournament started that I would have made it to the final match, I would have been like, no way. Like, that's crazy. I've never played here before. You know, this is my first time even playing this event. So, um, yeah, but just going in and having, a having no expectations and just being thankful for the opportunity and, um, embracing all of it, because that's kind of a once in a lifetime type thing for sure. Right. How did the, just specifically with the golf, how was that totally different than playing over here? Like in the States? The wind is intense coming. We were right on the right on the water. So, you know, the wind's coming right off of it. And basically every hole is parallel with the water. So the wind is coming in, you know, a straight crosswind basically on every hole. Um, so you have to play the wind on every shot, even off the tee. Heck, I was starting to play wind with putts. Like that's how intense it would get sometimes. Um, but I mean, it was, it was, I enjoyed it though, because the course style is so different. You don't really see that here in the States very much where I got mm-hmm. to like around the greens, especially experiment with different type of shots. Like I got to do a lot of bump and runs with like a six iron. You don't really see that here. Right. Um, and 
I got to hit some seven wood bump and runs out of almost the rough, like, because the just, it's so hard out there and the grass is so thin and, um, it's basically, you could putt from just about anywhere. Um, but I, I liked that because it made it more exciting. And I also think that was an opportunity for me to grow in my game and kind of get a little more creative, get out of my comfort zone, um, and just experiment with different types of shots. So I enjoyed that because kind of got me out of my comfort zone and let me experiment with other things. Yeah. So when you're trundling a, a six iron down there, was that something that you had, you know, started practicing before you headed over or is that something like you incorporate often into your practice? How does that work? Um, the seven wood shot. Yes. I've been actually working on that. Um, there's a guy on our men's team at Clemson who is big on that, you know, hybrid off the green, like a little bump mm-hmm. and run with a wood, which I had never really seen or heard of. Um, but he was like, I love it. And he taught me how to do it. And I've been practicing at school and I was like, this is the perfect place to do that. Like, this is where this shot is meant to be played. Um, so that one, I definitely have been kind of working on, but the bump and run six iron, six iron, seven iron, nine iron pitching wedge, any type of bump and run shot. My mom taught me that shot years ago. Um, and so I, as a kid, I hated it because I was like, mom, that's not normal that nobody does that but yeah i mean i'm now realizing that shot is so good and it's so much more consistent um so that one i've been i've used for a long time because of her she taught me that shot and it definitely came in clutch and yeah. uh for links golf yeah i mean I, I see it today where it's like you know i mean they're going to take the 60 throw it up high and it, it's a pretty shot. It's nice, but not in every circumstance is that like the best shot to play. So that's just really cool. You sharing that about those, those type of shots. And doesn't that make the game more fun though, too? Cause you're kind of tapping 100%. the creative side. Exactly. That's where it gets fun and creative. And cause when you do the same shot with a 60, 58 degree, every time it kind of gets boring. <laughs> it's just like the same thing over and over again. But when, when you can get yourself to be creative and use shots that you've never used and get out of your comfort zone. That's how you grow. I feel like, um, Mm -hmm. and that's why I feel like at this tournament, I grew a lot in that area is just experimenting with different type of shots. So stroke play goes well, and then you, and then you get into match play and then what, what were some of the feelings you were experiment? I mean, that you were feeling out there and, and how were you playing? Um, match play for me is, a very different game. I mean, it is for a lot of people, but personally, I love match play. And that's, that's um, when you're at your best, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, the way I describe it to people is I feel like, I mean, I should honestly utilize this in stroke play more often too, but I just feel like I'm on offense. I think of it kind of in basketball, like I'm on offense and I can be aggressive um, and I can go for every shot and it won't really matter. It doesn't really hurt you in the end. Um, so, I mean, I've always been an aggressive player, so I feel like match play is just the, t- the time to go all out and no fear. Um, and I happen to play better usually when that happens. So I definitely, I've been talking to my coaches. They're like, all right, we need to incorporate offense and just stroke play more. Um, but I just think it's such a different and unique type of way to play golf. And it's so much more exciting and you can be aggressive. And the thing about links golf too, that was super fun is, um, the lies out there were so variable. So like it kept it competitive and kept it interesting. Um, so getting to play Lynx style course in match play was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. and definitely an experience that I just, I had a blast with. Hey, good looking. If you like this podcast and are already a badass, but it's all way too complicated. 
then visit our website, drrobbell.com, and schedule a call with us to help capture your very own hinge moment. Some of those early match play matches, what kind of stands out to you? What were some of those moments? Um, I mean, I think just for me, it was consistency and not getting wrapped up in, you know, numbers. I mean, I think a lot of people in golf, they get wrapped up and it's easy to think about the mistakes you made and, oh, I just doubled that hole or, oh my gosh, well, you know what? It's match play. So you got to let it go. It doesn't matter. You only technically lose one shot. So, um, I think for me, it was just staying steady and consistent and, um, I mean, I, I would say I played well, but I was only like maybe two under those first couple matches. I think the middle matches and toward the end, I was um, like four under one of the days, which was really good. But I think for me, it's just staying consistent out there and level-headed because it's really easy, I think, to get wrapped up in um, when you're down a couple and you get nervous. But um, my mindset and all of it is just continue to stay consistent and be aggressive um, don't try and change my game, you know, in any way. If I get down, just do my thing, stay aggressive and, um, have fun with it. Honestly, I think a lot of people get really wrapped up in, in the score. And I'm like, well, it's, it's still a game. We still have to enjoy it and love it. So mm-hmm. I tried to keep that in mind too. <laughs> Your mom was on the bag all week. Oh yeah, she was. That was not planned originally. <laughs> oh, it wasn't. Um, well, I, when I was debating on playing, I kind of didn't realize I was like, Oh yeah, I need a caddy. And so we got there or well, the day before we left, I guess she was like, you know, you get a caddy. Do you want me? And I was like, sure. (laughs) You can push my bag. We'll take the push cart. So, I mean, she was great. We had a blast. I mean, we have, those will be memories will last forever. Um, but she was, yeah, she did a great job. She just kept me level-headed and gave me advice when I needed it. But, um, was really mainly just there to be have moral support. So yeah, Mama Waffles. That's that's her name there. On, <laughs> that's her handle there yes. on Twitter. <laughs> Mama Waffle. That's what everyone calls her. <laughs> so she she mentioned several times, um, you know, just God, because there were these God moments that she was mentioning. What what were some of those oh, yeah. that kind of stand out to you over there? Well, I mean, my faith is my everything. Um, I literally wouldn't be where I am without God. Um, And I'm just so thankful for the opportunities he's put in place for me. Um, And I mean, he gives me my strength. I give all the glory to him. Uh, This is all for him. I play for an audience of one, ultimately. I do play golf to have fun, but I also play for him. And, um, but yeah, I mean, just getting to be there was such a blessing and see God's beautiful creation in a different part of the, uh, the world. And the fact that my dad was there and made it and no one got an accident on the other side of the road. And um, the fact that he got the last seat on the plane, like it was just, I mean, just every day I just saw some amazing, like almost miracles um, from God. And I'm just so thankful. And he just, it was that week was such a blessing. And I just continue to say to everyone, I'm just so thankful because I mean, God offered up that opportunity for me to go. And, you know, I thought, I'm so glad that he gave me that feeling to, you know what, you should go, you should go. And, um, cause I prayed about it. I honestly did before I, before I really made the decision, I was like, God, you know, is this really what you want for me to go? I'm kind of a little stressed out at home, but you know, if you want me to go to, 
go play in this tournament, I'll go. And I think I finally, he, he kind of told me like, yeah, I think you should go. And so, I mean, all of it was such a, such a blessing from him. And I mean, yeah, it's, it was really cool to see. So you were alluding to it. I mean, your dad uh, saw the semifinal match, saw you advance, and then he was able to get a flight over there for the championship match. Mm-hmm. Um, that, did he surprise you or did you know he was, he was coming? He, well, they, after I won, I don't remember, it, it was the, the last match the day before the final. So I knew I was in the final and he called me and was like, Hey, I, I think the Kyrgyzstan members might get me a flight in. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I just want to let you know, I'm really proud of you, et cetera, you know, encouraging me. And so I thought there was a chance. I didn't know for sure, but I thought there was a chance. And then my mom earlier was like, yeah, I think he landed. And so I, I knew he was going to be there. I just didn't know when. Um, and when sure. he showed up on, on hole nine and I stuck it close, like four feet and made birdie, that was really cool and special. So, and then I got to hug him um, going into the back nine. So yeah, yeah, it was really cool. No, absolutely. Love it. Um, when you talk about like when you headed over there with no expectations, just, you know, I mean, you mentioned the gratitude a lot. I mean, is that a mindset that you're able to uh, take into other tournaments? Cause I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to say it's really tough to do, right? Because you know how you're hitting the ball, you know how you're playing. How do you tap into that mindset though? I think for me, it's just, I mean, we get to play this game. It's an opportunity and a lot of people take it a little too seriously. I think Um, we should be able to have fun with it and just go in with gratitude. I mean, again, I get to play this game because God is allowing me to play this game. Like, you know, Lord willing, I go and play the next tournament, Lord willing, you know, it's all because of him and what he allows us to do and gives us the opportunity. Um, so I think that's why recently this last year, I've really gone into every tournament with just a heart of gratitude um, and just to keep my mind on him and focused on him and let the results just happen. He already knows what's going to happen, how I'm going to play, how I'm going to hit it, how I'm going to putt. So I shouldn't be worried about that. So I should just go as long as I've prepared and, you know, as best as I can at home and done everything in my power to play my best, I can go into the tournament confident knowing that I've done my part and the results are up to God. And that mm-hmm. he already knows that result. And I can't control that. I can give it my all and practice as much as I can. But um, ultimately, I just need to try my best, have fun, and be, just be thankful for the opportunity that God's given me. So, Right. So I have to ask, because there was a tourney this year um, at Clemson where you played as an individual. So... Mm-hmm. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but obviously, I mean, didn't qualify for the one tournament, had to play as an individual. Um, walk us through that and then just, you know, your overall mentality, how you approach that tournament, and then, you know, kind of what happened afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember I think it, was, it might have been our first tournament of that part of the season. And mm-hmm. um, my game wasn't right where I wanted it to be. I was kind of struggling. I don't remember what it, I mean, I just wasn't hitting it well. I wasn't scoring clearly <laughs> didn't qualify, um, which was disappointing. Um, and it's, it's a humbling experience too. Um, when, you know, I've been competing pretty much all my, all my 
years at Clemson, I've been in most of the tournaments and then you kind of just, you lose it a little bit and you don't make it. It's a very humbling experience. Um, but it's also motivating. I think when I went through that, I knew, all right, you know what? Hey, at least I'm still playing. I at least still get to go to a tournament as an individual with, you know, my best friend who is also my teammate got to go with me, Milena. Um, and this was a separate tournament, right? <laughs> yes. Completely separate. Went. The team, yeah. the team went to Florida. And so her and I, and, um, one other teammate of ours went. So there were three of us. We all went uh, to Georgia and we played as individuals in a tournament. And so I kind of just thought of it as, you know what, at least I'm, we're still playing. Um, we're still getting reps in. And I also was like, you know what, this is motivating because my goal for the next tournament or the next qualifying round was to make it where I was going to work so hard that the coaches didn't have the choice, but to take me, um, and I talked through it with my parents because obviously it's disappointing. And they said, you know, yeah, you got to go work so hard, you know, to make sure that you're prepared for the next qualifier and, you know, play where they have no choice but to take you because you're playing that much better. Um, and I think in that originally in that instance, it, it was really easy to get down on myself and be upset and frustrated and annoyed, whatever it was. Um, but instead I was like, all right, you know what? God wasn't surprised by that. So I had to take that opportunity and um, learn from it and work harder and earn my spot back, um, which I think was good. It was, it taught me a lot. And, um, you know, now I look back and I think I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity because I learned a lot from it and it was humbling and um, just makes you realize it also, it also made me realize how good our team is. <laughs> we have so many good players. Um, all the girls on our on our team are so good and can literally shoot under par at any time. That's how talented they all are, and they're like my they're like my sisters. I mean, we have so much fun. So I was happy for them. I was very proud of them. But I was also like, all right, I got to fight my way back in. You know, it's a competitive team, and um, so yeah. But it was a good it was a good learning experience for sure. Yeah. So when you mentioned that, like, what else did you learn from that about yourself? I think I learned that I was proud of myself in the way that I came out of it. I think it, it took some time. I had to talk to my parents through it because at first I was frustrated right. with myself more than anything. Cause I was like, how did I let this happen? But I think that's where you grow is when you realize your own mistakes and you can grow from it and just learn like, okay, this is where I went, went wrong. And you know, I didn't work hard enough. Maybe I wasn't something I had to figure it out. Um, and I think I just learned that I, you know, when you go through stuff like that, you can come out of it. And that there's also, there's a reason that you're going through it. Like I had to, you know, I was praying about it and realizing that, okay, you know, I'm trying to take control of this, but obviously I'm, it, what I'm trying to take control of isn't necessarily working. What I, what I was practicing or however, whatever I was doing, um, whether it was, I wasn't practicing enough, um, whatever it was, but I just realized like, I can't, I don't have control all the time. And I had to give it up to God and, um, work my hardest, but you know what? The results were up to him and his plan was for me to not go to that tournament and go to the individual tournament, learn a lesson, um, know that I'm not always guaranteed a spot because nobody ever is. I mean, on our team we're cause that's, you know, we're, we have a really good team. And, um, so I learned that I don't have control in that, but also I can learn from my mistakes and come out of them, um, better on the other side. And that, yeah. um, you just have to persevere through it. Uh, how did yeah. uh, how did you do in that tournament? That individual, I think, 
I think I got tied sixth. I think I tied with my teammate. Okay. I don't remember what I don't remember what we shot. It was around par. I think I might have shot seventy four the first day and then under par the last two rounds. I can't really remember. Okay. Um, do you know why? Do you know why I ask? Why? Because you're. I make it a point, like to just make sure um, I'm having breakfast with your dad, like once, twice a year. And we had breakfast, and he said, "But I tell you what, she's going to go there, and I think she's going to win." Yeah. I was like, so I took a mental, I took a mental note of that one. I'm like, yeah, I mean, oh. doesn't surprise me. <laughs> well, I definitely was hoping to. I think the first round got me a little bit. I don't remember there was there was one part of my game the first round that I was struggling with. And then I figured it out on the range with my dad after that. And then the last two rounds, I like, played pretty well. Um, it might have been my putting or something like that. But yeah, um, I know my my goal was to go and win the tournament. So then the coaches had to take me to the next tournament. Um, but just fell a little short. So that's yeah. all right. <laughs> so, I mean, I think always like in reflection, the reason why I we never want to go through them. Like no one's ever want to say, I really want to have a really difficult week this week, but we get the test first and then we get the lesson afterwards. So it's always like looking back and seeing that. I think the reason why I bring that up, could people would be like, Oh, well, Annabelle, I mean, she's just such a good player. Like, but I mean, there was, I mean, that's a major setback for somebody at your level. And then to not make the, you know, the roster spot for that tournament. Um, you know, I mean, that's why I always kind of look at it, and that's why I wanted to bring that up, is those lessons that you get from those painful experiences and those setbacks. Um, I mean, there's really, that really holds just such information about ourselves, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, in the moment, was not happy about it. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want this to happen. Like, this was not the plan. My plan was to go to the first tournament, um, and I didn't. And that was a low moment. Um, But I think this is where my parents do a great job with just helping me. Um, They, they were like, all right, you have a choice. You're either going to be upset, a little pissed off about it and not go and do the same thing you've been doing and not play well, and then have to qualify again and be in a bad mindset. Or you can use this as motivation, go work harder, go figure it out and go play so good that they don't have, they, have to take you. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was not expecting that to happen, but I mean, hindsight, it's, it's, I'm glad that it happened because it needed to happen because I think it's easy when you get in the lineup so often, you just almost expect it. <laughs> and then you maybe don't work as hard, kind of get comfortable. And I was getting comfortable. And um, so it was definitely a wake up call that I needed. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you, I mean, you won the Indiana Women's Am by 14 shots. I mean, that's 14, you know, not four, not eight, but 14 shots. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, Tiger won the U.S. Open by 12, and you won, and I mean, there's there a lot of good players there. Were you in the zone uh, that week when that took place? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I remember, I think right before that tournament, Brent Nickerson, my swing coach, and I kind of made a little adjustment. I still have the videos, actually, of the lesson we had like two days before where we were like, all right, we're going to make an adjustment in my swing and it might not be comfortable, but we got to just go with it and trust it. And I remember like that tournament, those three days, 
I was almost like numb. Like I just didn't, my swing, I wasn't, I was just thinking about that one thing and we just hit the shot and it would be perfect. I mean, I think I hold out like the second day on the first hole or something from the fairway at Prairie View. And I mean, I was just like, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than I was like, I almost blacked out. It was numb. Like it just kind of happened. And I was just, I was just playing golf. Um, wasn't really worried about anything. Was didn't have any expectations going in, especially with the swing change. I was like, all right, like who knows? This could be really good, or it could not, and I'm not worried about it. Um, so, yeah, I everything was rock solid though that yeah. week, which was really fun when it all finally comes together. Super rewarding. So, I'm hearing that no expectations is sort of a common theme here, Annabelle. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yes. I've, uh, I've, it's taken me a while to learn that, but in the last couple of years, I've noticed I'm more successful when I have less expectation. So, mm-hmm. so how do you think, um, like your mental game has, has evolved really like throughout the past couple of years, even like just since from high school into college, like the jump from high school to college, but how do you think like your mental game and mental toughness has evolved? I think it's, completely changed um I've had a complete shift I think in high school I was playing the girls around me I was trying to win the tournament I was trying to shoot scores I was playing the numbers game um and I think the biggest shift I've had in the last couple of years is play the golf course if you're playing people that's going to vary all the time you know right if you go win a tournament but you shoot the other girl shoots 78 and 79 and you just happen to shoot 77. Like, are you really going to be happy about that? (laughs) If you're comparing yourself to people, that's, it's not consistent. It's not a good way to measure success. To me, my goal these last couple of years, my parents and I, we kind of talked through a thing like play the golf course. Um, because that never changes. It's always par, like, you know, beat par. So, and if you beat par, you're going to be, you're going to be pretty good in the, in the, you know, wherever you end up, um, getting placed, which, you know, I've, I've noticed I've in my mindset, I've not really thought about, I don't really think about, I don't look at the leaderboard after I'm done playing. I never check it ever, mostly because I don't care, (laughs) which sounds bad, but I, I genuinely, my thought process is if I just go beat the golf course, I'm going to be just fine. And I'm going to be close. And so that's when my mindset is go beat the golf course, have fun and glorify God in everything that I do. Mm. And it's worked pretty well. Um, now there are still days where I don't go, I don't play my best and I struggle with a couple things and it's a little frustrating, but I've taken that instead of getting upset on the course, I just think, okay, I have something to go work on. Um, it didn't all come together today. Not a big deal, you know? Um, and I just, a way that my mom's described it, described it to me is like our game is kind of like a chain link. And when something's at the bottom, you just got to go work on it to make it your best. So if my mm-hmm. putting is struggling, I got to go work so hard on it that it becomes the, you know, the thing I'm most confident in my next tournament or the next round. Um, so that's kind of, if I do struggle in a day or something's really off, then I'll go work on that and try and make it. So I'm the most confident in that part of my game, but so yeah, really just, yeah. No expectations, glorify God, have fun. <laughs> Those are kind of my main, 
main things I think about. Right. I mean, simple is powerful and it, it takes a genius to keep it simple for sure. Yeah. But you take even so uh, when you don't play well, I mean, you're able to uh, take the emotion out of it and just look at like the feedback. What is it that I need to work on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's in the moment, it's difficult to do that because in the moment you're frustrated. You just, whatever it was, you just hit a bad shot. You missed an easy putt. I mean, in my last, <laughs> my last qualifier, I missed like a three footer, a six footer, a nine footer. And in the moment I'm like, what am I doing? Like, these are easy putts. It's so frustrating, but you just kind of have to channel that. At least that's what I do. And I just, I'm like, all right, you know what? Let it go. You can't control it. It's in the past. It already happened. All you can look forward to is the future. Like, I don't know who said this, but I have this, um, in my room, it's the most important shot in golf is the next one. Mm -hmm. So you know, who cares what just happened? You got to focus on what's, what can't, what could happen and what you, you know, your next shot and, um, the process, you can't focus on result. Um, so yeah, in the moment it's frustrating, but it also helps you realize, okay, shoot, I need to go work on this and, and make it better. Yeah. With, um, I mean, do you find just game wise then like, is it that your good shots are better now? And maybe it's a little bit of both, but I'm like, what do you think? Or do you think the bad shots, like the misses have just become, you know, because I mean, it's a, um, the misses have become smaller, so to speak. Like, what do, what have you noticed game-wise? I would say it's both for sure. Yeah. Um, my, my misses have, I mean, I'll get on track, man. And like, they're really, I have really a very small dispersion. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember I've, I've been able to hit it pretty far most of my life with my driver. Um, but it used to be like, it could go far, but you had no idea. Like it would either go straight or it would go so offline. Um, and that, and my driver is what gives me confidence. Like when I can pound that thing down the fairway as far as I can and hit it hard, that gives me so much confidence. So mm-hmm. that has been huge as my driver has become I mean, pretty rock solid, I would say. And then my irons, I've been with good shots. My irons, I mean, at least once or twice around, I usually have a, either a tap in or something within three feet. Um, so my good shots have gotten really good. I mean, I've always nice. been a pretty good ball striker, but I would say in the last couple of years, last three years, I would say it's gotten like, (laughs) I can hit it really, as long as I'm hitting it solid, it's going to be pretty dang good. Yeah. And that's kind of my goal when I go practice is like, you know, track me and yeah, look at numbers, but also I need to focus on, am I just hitting the ball solid? Um, and if it can, if I'm hitting it solid, I can shape it pretty much however I want. Um, and it'll, it'll be pretty close. (laughs) No, I love that. Um, Again, simple, right? And I remember like one time uh, I was caddying for one of my players and this was at um, the Iwit, and we got mm-hmm. paired with Lydia Ko the final round, you know? So, I mean, that was special because like, man, I get to watch her pretty up close, yeah, you know? that's cool. And everything was like, there was nothing really outstanding except, bam, she would fire that seven iron to two feet. And like, you would mm-hmm. see it on occasion, like, oh, okay, that, there's the number one player like in the world. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. again, she was 19 when she was number one, you know, it was like, and, and obviously her That's resurgence cool. has been fantastic, but it's like, you would see that 
on occasion, look, it's just golf, but then man, she would fire one. It was close. So it sounds like, I mean, it was kind of the, the same thing, right? Like, I mean, you, if you're, if you're striking mm-hmm. it solid, there's going to be some that are, that are definitely tap-ins and kick-ins. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I would say most of the time my golf is pretty boring. <laughs> and, then, and then there's a couple shots in there that I fire to almost make. I hit to three feet, six feet. Um, yeah, I think like that's, that's something I've noticed on tour too, is when I've gone and played on in a couple tour events, Epson tour events is everyone's just, it's pretty boring, you know, fairway, green, two putt, occasional one putt. And then there's this occasional shot that they almost make, but they're also yeah. great at putting. So when they maybe miss it a little bit and have like 30, 40 feet, they're going to get it within two feet mm-hmm. for their lag putt every time their putting is phenomenal. Um, when they do kind of miss an iron shot a little bit, but even when they miss, it's not even that far right. off. <laughs> right. And you, um, I mean, you had, you made sports center in one of your pro tournaments. I mean, a <laughs> top five sports center. Talk yeah. to us about that one. Cause that was a hole out, right? <laughs> it was, I don't even remember what hole it was. I can picture the hole, but I just never know the numbers on Brickyard because they've switched around for the tournament. It was yeah. at the eyewit. It was whole, it was whole 16. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was a couple over par and I was like a little frustrated because I was like, I know I can like shoot par and I've made a couple dumb bogeys. And I remember it was a pitching wedge. I was on the right rough. I had a downhill lie. So it was not ideal at all. Um, and I just remember hitting it and I can, I can still picture the ball just like slowly roll. Like it took the slope perfectly because the pin was kind of tucked on the right too. I think I played like a little fade and kind of went on the hill. And I think it, somebody like screamed and my dad looked at me and was like, that's going to be on TV. (laughs) And I was like, Oh my gosh, that'd be kind of cool. And I think they just like, they weren't really like having coverage on. They just like had the cameras out that day and we're filming a little bit, but weren't, it wasn't like live or anything. I don't, I don't think it was at least, but they got it on camera. And so then it Hell yeah. made sports center. And I was like, that might be my peak, my highlight, <laughs> my claim to fame. Yeah. It's one of, Cause I remember, um, not being in town and then seeing that pop up. I was like, well, yeah, I know her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember at my, at my high school, cause I missed school that day or something. And at my high school, they were like, my um, coach at the time, Jeff Anderson, he like sent it out to all the teachers. And I remember getting messages from my friends like, oh yeah, our teacher in algebra just showed us the video of you holding out. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, that's cool. No, yeah. that's fantastic. When did you know that, um, you know, I always think like there are these certain moments where it's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like when, when, what was something that stands out to you in terms of like, yeah, this is something that, you know, I'm, I'm good at. Yeah. Um, there's been a couple at different times. Um, I can remember a long time ago when I didn't feel like it was good and there was a tournament, I think I shot like 80 and I remember my mom still reminds me of this. She's like, do you remember the time we were sitting on the porch and you were like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Like I just was so frustrated and done with golf. And, um, it was hard. I mean, I was like, am I, is this really what God wants me to do? Like, cause my, my thing has always been like, yes, you're going to go through trials, but ultimately I feel like God, when he has a path for you, he usually makes it pretty clear. Um, 
you know, when you pray about it and ask for him to, I ask for him to guide me in the right way and, and direction for the path for my life. But um, I think the moment that I, my parents had always told me, they're like, Annabelle, you're good. Like, you just got to believe it. And it was hard for me to believe because I wasn't seeing it. It's really hard to believe you're good when you're not seeing results. And I was like, how, like, how, how are you saying on that? They're like, your swing's great. Your putting's great. I was like, I just have a hard time believing that because I haven't, the scores aren't showing that. But they're like, you just got to stick with it and just, just wait and you'll see. And I remember the PGA girls junior, it was the first year I qualified. It was at Kearney Hills. I don't remember what year it was. I think I might've been a sophomore in high school was when I was in the top of the leaderboard with some of the big names, Alexa Pano, Yee Lee Me No, um, Lucy Lee. I think I was ninth. I think I finished ninth in that tournament. It was my best tournament yet. I think I shot like 12 under total for the four days. Um, or if it was three, I can't remember so long ago. But in that moment, I remember going to my mom like, oh, shoot, okay, there we go. I, I am good. And I can play with these girls who are the best juniors, some of them in the world. Lucy mm-hmm. Lee, Alexa Pano, Yee Alimi literally went on tour like the next year. Um, now she shot 24 under. So <laughs> she killed it. Like she killed the field. I remember that. But um, that was a moment in junior golf. And then um, I think when I won the, the, the stadium by a bunch of shot, like 14 or whatever, that was a moment I realized, okay, yep. Um, <laughs> I can beat the golf course pretty dang good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and um, then I think last summer was huge. That was probably one of the biggest moments for me. Um, qualifying for the AM, playing really well, making the cut at my first Epson tour event, playing in a tour event with my teammate, Savannah Gruel, her and I missed the cut by one. And I mean, we would, we didn't even play our best golf. So her and I were like, we can play with these pros and we're mm-hmm. only, a what were we? a sophomore and junior in college. Um, so, I mean, we, that, those are, those are pivotal moments I think in, in my career that I've been like, okay, I can play with the best. It's just a matter of, you know, working hard and getting there and putting myself in contention. But um, yeah, I think those have been some of the biggest moments for me. And I mean, I can, it continues ACC's with my team. That was a huge one that I think as a team for Clemson, that's when we finally were like, we're good and now we're finally showing people how good we are like now people can be like oh shoot Clemson like we didn't really know like our team's only been around for 10 years people probably didn't they probably underestimated us um so that was really cool that moment to kind of show everyone who we were and how good we were but um yeah those those are those are some cool moments that I remember that were definitely a confidence booster yeah indeed so Asking the question then in terms of like the future, and I know um, we'll always kind of defer to God in terms of what the plan is going to be. Um, what do you see the role of golf in your future? Yeah, I mean, Lord willing, you know, if it's God's will for my life, I would love to play um, on tour. Uh, I, I still, as long as I still love golf, I want to keep playing. And, um, I still have my senior year, so I'm going to finish that out. And then next summer, not really sure when I would want to turn pro. Um, if I want to turn right after school or play another summer of amateur golf, I don't know. We'll see. It kind of just depends on a couple tournaments that I might try and get in. But, um, yeah, I mean, Lord willing, I'd love to play on tour. I think that 
that life would be so fun. I still love it. I love to travel too. So, um, yeah, I, I think that would be really cool. I was talking about it this week with two different caddies about the travel and you have to love to travel because if you don't like to travel because you are a way oh yeah do not like to travel it's really really even more difficult than than what it is i know i was yeah well i've talked to my parents about that and my teammate savannah she's probably she's going to try and go um, on tour and go to q school uh this august and we talk about it like the reason we pack our summers so tight with tournaments is because that's what tour life is like Mm-hmm. Like that's what they do. So why not train ourselves to have to go kind of play every week um, and get used to that. And um, even though sometimes it is tiring and some, some, some days I'm like, man, I would love a break. It's still so rewarding because um, it's just, that's what we're working towards. And so if we can get used to it now and get in the groove of it now of having to play every week and, if you don't have your best, grind it out and try and figure it out for the next week. I think it's good prep for for what we have ahead. So it's a fantastic take. It really is. I mean, that's yeah, that's so great. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. I mean, you're prep. You're prepping for that lifestyle even even yeah. now. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Belzy, what um, what questions should I be asking that that I haven't asked? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. You've asked me a lot of the same, like similar questions that I've been asked. So <laughs> I think they're pretty good. So. What about um, the game of golf and just girls and women in general, like girls getting into the game? What advice would you give to them? I would say the thing about golf, women's golf, sports in general, I think is you got to own it. Like it's got to be your thing. I think so many parents, I see this all the time in golf. Parents own their child's game and it's so sad to see. And that's why they quit and that's why they hate it. And that's really goes for any sport, honestly, but especially for golf. I feel like there are a lot of golf dads out there who want it more than their daughters. And I can see it the second that I start playing with them. Um, and I think for girls getting into it, you have to love it. You have to pursue it. If you want to get good, you have to want, you have to be self-motivated. It can't be your dad's game. It can't be your coach's game. It's got to be yours. You have to do it yourself. I, I mean, I played for my parents when I was younger. Didn't play well. Didn't, didn't go great. But as soon as I started playing more so for God to honor him and glorify him, an audience of one, but also I motivated myself and owned my own game, then that's when things really started to take off. And I started to love it more that way Mm -hmm. because then, you know, I wouldn't play for my, you know, to please my dad, to please my mom. I'm playing to please God. I'm playing to have fun and enjoy it because it's a game and it should be fun. Sports should be fun. They should not be stressful. They should not cause arguments between parents and kids. I hate seeing that. That makes me so sad um, because it's supposed to be something we enjoy and, um, so I've been blessed with two parents who have, have not been crazy golf parents, which is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, I mean, yes, do we get in arguments occasionally? Not really anymore, but, um, it's going to happen, but ultimately own your game yeah, and it's going to be a lot more fun when you do that. And you're going to have a lot better relationship with your parents that way too. <laughs> 
when when you see the relationship, let's just say between a parent and child, like what are some of those things that jump out in terms of okay, this is parent wants it more. It's. I would say a lot of the time I see it post round on the range. The dad is just, or mom could be mom too. Just standing there, you know, just arms crossed, watching them hit balls right on top of them, fixing, you know, searching something in their swing. They didn't play well that day. So they start to search. They're tweaking with their swing all the time and trying to figure something out. And um, then it's really the arguments, honestly, like when I see, parents and kids arguing on the range getting in fights over who knows what probably Mm -hmm. something that's so irrelevant that doesn't matter that makes me realize okay shoot like i don't think i mean maybe maybe the the daughter is pursuing it but usually i feel like when people get in those fights it's because the dad is just trying so hard or the mom the parent is trying so hard and the child is like okay well we're trying too hard because usually it's like the girls are getting annoyed with the parents being on top of them. I mean, that's yeah. what it was. That's what I would feel like if my parent was harping on me, I'd just be like, okay, back off. Like I cannot have you standing there harping on me about what, who knows what. Um, so yeah, I think my parents have always kind of stood at a distance. And the thing that I love that my parents do that it, we, we had, we went through a stage where it wasn't great, but right. what we figured out is they were like, okay, if you want help, you have to ask me. Like if I was struggling with my swing, I had to go to them and be like, okay, I need your help. So that my parents weren't like diving in and then I, and I maybe didn't want their help. And that's been great for our relationship. And I mean, not that it was ever bad, but I mean, every parent and their kid gets an argument here and there. But I think that was huge. It's like when I started to struggle, I was like, okay, I do need to ask for help. (laughs) So I would go to them. And they would know that I want their help instead of them just giving advice when I may not even want it. Want to listen to your favorite music, but you're sick of all the commercial interruptions and negative news today? Tune in to KukoRadio.com. Music for your mindset. We're a commercial-free online radio station. Play nothing but hits. Our free iOS and Android apps are available for download at KukoRadio.com. So. so one more question on top of that, then do you remember about that time? Because it's easy for us to talk about golf, right? Like we're, we're just going to talk about golf, but instead of talking about like Tommy Fleetwood, well, let's just talk about your game, right? Like how is everything going? Did they make the shift to, we're only going to talk about it when you bring it up? I think, I mean, I just remember there being a moment with my mom specifically yeah, where she was like, I don't, I think she said it. She was like, I have something, I have a thought, but I'm not going to say it unless you want me to. Like she said that to me in the, in the women's AM this summer, like, Hey, I have a thought in your swing, but only if you want it. And so I would say like, it's funny. We joke about it at the AM when she was caddying, she said that a couple of times. And I remember saying, Nope, I'm good. (laughs) Like I had hit my driver offline a couple of shots and, She's like, I think I have, I have something that I see, but you know, if you want it, let me know. And I was like, no, I'm okay. (laughs) Or, and then like a whole later, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of might want to (laughs) know because I started to hit it offline again, but, um, they definitely were the ones who kind of initiated that. Yeah. 
I mean, if you think of the power of that, right? Like the unsolicited advice. And it's always the, I mean, I, I tell my son and I tell every player this, like you have to be so careful just about the side comment about what it is that you do, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it just becomes noise. You know what I mean? You really decipher. I mean, the power in your mom saying that, hey, if you want it, I can give that to you. But if you don't, I mean, that's such higher level, uh, like, let's just say caddying at that point, you know, I mean, that is powerful oh, yeah. stuff. Absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, I have so much respect, first of all, and appreciation that she said that because a lot of parents would just be like, this is what you're doing wrong. (laughs) Um, This is what I see. We need to fix it. I think that's where as parents, they've grown. I think they would admit that they've grown. I've grown. And in that way too, um, of just offering it up. And if, if I want it, then yeah, sure. I'll take it. Um, but if I don't in that moment, like, may, like maybe if we're in the middle of the round, let's talk about it later. Let's wait till I'm on the range, but then it's a better time. Or maybe I'm just, I'm not worried about it. I'm barely hitting it offline or cause t- I mean, ultimately I'm the one hitting the shots and they know that. So that's, I think why they're like, okay, this is your game again. Right. So do you want this advice for your game? And I really appreciate when they, when they've done that. So, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's powerful. Really yeah. powerful. <laughs> you know, my son and I, we did kind of get into it on the range probably about a month ago. And it was because I stressed to him, you have to have an alignment stick every time you're practicing, you know, cause I'm like, mm-hmm. look, your stance, ball position and alignment, right? These are the fundamentals that if they get a little bit off, it can affect everything and you have to practice with that. So we kind of got into it. So I feel, I feel kind of bad. What, what should I do? Should I apologize to him? I mean, I kind of um, told him we had the conversation with Annabelle and he kind of knew. Yeah. But don't you agree with that? I mean, the, the fundamentals of golf never change, you know what I mean? And it's just, cause I would never ever touch that swing because he just owns it, mm-hmm. but your alignment, your stance and ball position. I mean, the, those fundamentals, I mean, they're, they're just so huge. And I always see it. If something gets off, it's always getting back to something small. Mm-hmm. You could apologize. I mean, <laughs> I don't really know your son personally, but um, I think, I mean, I'm not a parent. I hopefully will be one day, but I think maybe the way I would, if they're not responding well, maybe what I would do is like, okay, don't use an alignment stick and see where your ball goes. <laughs> like, Just let them like learn and from their mistakes. I think that's <laughs> I how we did it as well. Yeah, like he's like, oh, dad, I'm hitting it so good, but I'm hitting it to the right. Well, and be like, okay, so where do you think you're aimed? (laughs) Why do you think you're doing that? Oh, because you're on the range practicing doing that. So I don't know. That, no, no, no. Maybe that's what I would do. (laughs) And I put you on the spot. It was more rhetorical question. We always have these. um, We always, I always think like you have to have stressful conversations in non stressful environments. Yeah. And when we're having the conversation there, it really doesn't go well. But in a non stressful environment, we kind of debrief yeah. it and talk about it. I, and I think that's great. That's that's awesome. All right, man. Love it. <laughs> Annabelle, thank you again so much um, for yes. taking the time and obviously wishing always the best for you and, and look forward. Hopefully, we get to play soon. And, and thank you for taking the time. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> Thank you.
Welcome to Mental Toughness with Dr. Rob Bell. To find out more about Dr. Rob, visit his website at drrobbell.com or follow him on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell. And subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform to get the next episode of Mental Toughness as soon as it's available. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.